Support for this episode of 9 to Thrive HR is brought to you by the International Coach Federation. The International Coach Federation is the leading global organization for coaches with over 22,000 members in more than 100 countries worldwide. The ICF is dedicated to advancing the coaching profession by setting high ethical standards, providing independent certification, and building a worldwide network of credentialed coaches. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of 9 to Thrive HR, a podcast produced by the Human Capital Institute where we discuss some of the most pressing issues facing talent management today. We use this platform to help surface ideas and solutions to those problems by speaking to experts and practitioners in the field. My name is Andrew Bateman. I'm your host for today. I'm joined by Rita Moss, Vice President of Human Resources at the Overseas Private Investment Corporation. Rita, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. So let's just get started with a little bit more about you, Rita. If you could tell our audience uh, about your organization and your career, just to get us a, a little context before we dive in. Okay, great. I'll tell you a little bit about the Overseas Private Investment Corporation. We are a federal agency. We are the government's development finance institution, which means that we uh, actually make loans to private sector U.S. companies who are investing in emerging markets overseas. So we have a uh, very wide international footprint, as you can imagine. Um, I have personally been with the federal government uh, more or less for about 22 years or so. Uh, always in the human capital arena. And uh, right now, as as you said, I'm the uh, vice president of human resources for for OPIC. So we recently did uh, some research with the ICF about uh, managers and leaders using coaching skills. And it's something that we found in our previous uh, years of research with the ICF that is a, a growing trend with organizations. So if you wouldn't mind, could you provide some detail around how you have given employees exposure to coaching at your organization? Okay, we have a couple of different programs that we have uh, for our executives and senior managers. We have executive coaching available. Uh, It is a voluntary basis, but some people are uh, recommended for the program, but we have found that our uh, workforce has eagerly embraced the program. And we also have a... um, coaching program for our uh, lower level employees who are uh, right below uh, first line managers and uh, executives. Uh, So those employees also have exposure to coaching uh, at their uh, convenience. Recently, we also implemented peer coaching as part of our um, supervisory training course. So uh, people that go through our supervisory training courses will have the opportunity to engage in peer coaching. And we think that this is the most valuable because it will actually teach them how to use uh, coaching skills themselves and also to help coach each other through uh, different organizational challenges that arise. Uh, and of course, someone that's within your organization would be very familiar with some of the challenges uh, that your organization faces. And they also can show you how they've been successful in navigating um, any uh, problem that may have arisen in the workplace. Those all sound like very uh, well thought out uh, and and, uh, uh, sound strategies to uh, give employees access to coaching. Were there some uh, specific steps that you took, uh, you know, to to intentionally build this culture of coaching? I think we just saw the need. Our workforce has been gradually changing. Uh, In the past, we've had very senior 
managers and senior level employees. But uh, in the uh, last three or four years, we've really injected a lot more of uh, younger generation into the workplace. And with the uh, lower level employees come with more of a need for uh, coaching and mentoring and um, supervisory skills. So we've really been focusing on that for the last uh, three years or so as a result of our changing workforce um, dynamics. And that's been our focus. Could you tell me a little bit about the reception uh, that this has had? You mentioned with uh, with the younger workforce. I can imagine that's uh, something that uh, has gone over really well. Uh, yes. Well, the managers, uh, you know, we have some managers that eagerly embrace it. They see the need for that skill set in themselves. We have others that um, you can imagine are resistant to learning new skills because they've done things the way they've always done them, even though they may not be working well. So we've had a, a little bit of mix of both, but... Um, I think most people, when they realize there's a need for them to uh, acquire new skill sets and how they manage and how they interact, uh, they have have embraced it and signed up for these opportunities. For the supervisory course, we did not make it optional, the uh, peer coaching piece that was part of the uh, course, so it wasn't really optional for that group. Uh, For other people, it has been optional, and we've had a a pretty broad um, uh, reception to it. and a pretty broad use of it. I'd also ask, um, you know, as as this has been evolving uh, into sort of uh, more of a cultural value and it's the way things get done now, um, has that made it easier for you to uh, sort of gain traction and, and make it more sustainable? Uh, yes, we are a very team-focused organization, so that is a this is a skill that is key to uh, being successful here. So yes, I would say that is part of our culture and how we do business. So as a result of that, it has been a lot more palatable and a lot more accepted uh, to a number of folks in the workforce. Now, kind of rewinding a little bit and thinking about uh, building this capability and sort of uh, structure around uh, coaching. What did it take in terms of getting buy-in to implement programs like the ones that you've mentioned? Well, you know, we like I said, we are a federal agency, so money is always an issue. So actually carving out some money uh, in the budget is always a task. So we were able to successfully do that. It's probably not as broad as we would like it, but we're working on building that over the next couple of years, expanding the program. Uh, in terms of our leadership, um, I'm very lucky to have a CEO who has used coaching and still uses coaching. Uh, so she is a role model for what she expects from the rest of us. So it was not a hard sell for her. And, and then she, of course, um, cascaded that down to the rest of our leadership team. And as I said, most people see a need for it as our demographics for the work um, workforce evolve. And speaking of uh, evolution, it kind of brings me to uh, a question for you to, to look forward into the future. What do you see uh, as the next steps uh, in terms of, uh, of moving forward with coaching uh, at your organization? Well, as I noted before, we have um, the peer coaching. So I would really like to bring that more in-house and have that as a standard part of our um, learning catalog here within the organization and make that a- a part of our um, regular training uh, program. Another piece I think is key to um, the coaching piece is uh, having those critical conversations. So having training around that 
um, because I think that is the basis for some very good coaching uh, and mentoring is, is having those critical conversations. So I intend to bring that to the workforce as well and have more people exposed uh, to how you do that and feeling comfortable about doing that. Do you see anything in the way of, uh, you know, talking about expectations for those that are receiving coaching, helping them understand that this isn't, uh, that this is for your own development, this isn't a a punitive uh, um, practice, it doesn't mean that you're not fulfilling our expectations, but rather we see potential in you and we want to help uh, bring that out? Is that something that, that you are working toward? Yes. I definitely think receivership of coaching and feedback is critical. Uh, so that's another um, program that we've had in the past, and we just re- need need to reinvigorate is uh, feedback. You know how to give and receive good feedback. Uh, so that also will be part of our training program for uh, the upcoming year. Lastly, I'll just ask uh, because what we've seen. Um, uh, in terms of uh, sort of hot topics in HR and L&D, obviously coaching uh, is something that we're really uh, uh, focused on, but also this concept of, of uh, changing the performance management process. And it really does sort of have that intersection of what we're talking about here today is, is managers having conversations with their direct reports. Have you been able to uh, you know, infuse some of the coaching capabilities into those specific instances? Uh, yes, we definitely encourage, um, you know, we are, as I noted before, we're a part of the government, so we're very, um, uh, we have a very prescribed um, performance management process. Uh, what we do right now is, of course, you have the initial, you know, performance management setting expectations piece, and then we have a mid-year uh, feedback session, and of course, we have the end-of-the-year actual performance appraisal process. And what we've been trying to do is have managers meet on a regular basis, more regular than those three times a year, to have dialogue on a regular basis uh, with their employees. So we've encouraged, you know, each manager to set up uh, biweekly or at least a monthly meeting to uh, talk to individual employees about their. Um, performance and expectations. Uh, how often that's happening, I can't tell you at this point. We're not tracking that, but it is part of our regular uh, performance management uh, training um, for our managers and employees. Well, it's great to, to see that these are the types of things that can be integrated where you've got an initiative to uh, establish a coaching culture as well as an initiative to create more regular uh, dialogue between managers and their direct reports. So I, I love that, that that's something that um, you're doing intentionally and in trying to create this sort of deliberately developmental um, sort of mechanism within uh, your organization. So, so thanks, Rita. It's, uh, it's been a pleasure uh, learning from you today. Well, thank you. And i um, glad to share my experience and happy to learn from others as well. Absolutely. That's what it's all about, Rita. So thank you again. And we'd also like to thank each and every one of our HCI podcast listeners for tuning in and encourage you to subscribe to this podcast series if you've enjoyed what you have heard. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel HCI Talent. Lastly, a big thank you to the International Coach Federation. Without their generous support, we wouldn't be able to deliver great content like this. If you're interested in learning more about what we've discussed in today's episode, you can find more resources on building a coaching culture at hci.org. For 9 to Thrive HR and all of HCI, I'm Andrew Bateman.